Welcome to the Cardiology Podcast, where we monitor the heartbeat of Browns fans. I'm your host, Mark Judy, and in today's episode, oh, we're going to spend some time talking about this very disappointing loss to the Atlanta Falcons this past week. Um, we're going to also look through some of the key headlines that are happening across the NFL uh, through week four, and then we will spend the rest of our time focused on how we move forward and we get ready for the visiting Los Angeles Chargers to come into First Energy Stadium this coming Sunday. Um, so without further ado, let me make sure that I welcome our guest host for the week. Chris Burdett is joining us this week. Chris, how you doing out there? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me back again. Always a lot of fun. Um, I, I do have a quick question, though. Why is it you only have me on after we've just lost the game? <laughs> <laughs> you and you and Sean, right? Yeah, he's he's stressing the fact that he is the voice before a loss. Yeah, um, and and you you're potentially stressing the fact that you're the voice after a loss. Um, right. But you could also look at that the other way and say that you're the voice before a win. So you know we'll have right. to let that play out. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, if, if that streak continues to happen, we might have to juggle some stuff around, maybe get you both in here. Although I'm good. a little worried that would result in a tie. <laughs> it, it probably would. You know, I have done some research though, and I, I did find out that bad dad jokes do lead to losses. Uh, and you and I both know that Sean's kind of notorious for that. So you might just Sean. want to play back on those a little bit. That might help too. Sean has never seen a dad joke that he didn't love. And, <laughs> That's for and, sure. <laughs> and we love him for that. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, well, let's not go too far. I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess we got to go ahead and step into this one, so to speak. Um, <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And right. let's, let's talk about this really disappointing loss um, to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so once again, um, you know, the Browns come away with a tough one, losing 23 to 20. Um, and, you know, they were up 20 to 17 uh, with about just under 10 minutes to play. Um, mm -hmm. So right after Nick Chubb had run one, nice run for 28 yards. But then we turned right around um, and we surrendered drives of 73 yards and 64 yards that took us down to being down 23-20 with about uh, – just about two and a half minutes left. Um, and then we had the last chance to get in range to try to tie the game and take it into overtime. Um, but in a kind of a desperation situation at third and 23, um, Jacoby Brissett made uh, an error and threw an interception. And that was all she wrote. Right. And, you know, like, Chris, I don't know about you, um, but I've told a lot of people, I, I feel like, there's been a little bit of a hangover from this game that um, I'm almost a little bit more disappointed in this loss than I even was with the Jets loss. Um, yeah, they, they both were awful. Um, I think the hardest thing about it is um, nobody's really beaten us. I mean, they've won two games that they shouldn't have, but we've really beaten ourselves. Um, yeah, the upside yeah. of that is that that means it's within our own power to fix it as well. Um, right. I, I think, I think you're right on. I mean, I mean, it is, it, it is 
it's always tough to feel very optimistic after a Browns loss coming around. You know, the, the, the Mondays are always worse. I referred to it on Twitter this week as WTF Mondays. And, right. And I just hate that, hate that feeling. Um, and I will say as days have gone by, I've gotten a little less fired up about the game, but, but, but yeah, I do think there are some bright sides to this, but um, you know, let's, Let's be honest to it with ourselves. Let's start with some of the negative stuff we saw and some of the things that we just need to see fixed. So um, with our last episode, um, when Sean and I were on, we get, went in and we talked about keys to the game. The very first thing we talked about was the need for the Browns to be true to themselves mm-hmm. and to not get cute. And I um, think that uh, right. that is a set of keys that we just didn't even bother with. Um, so I, I think one, um, a lot of opportunities. Um, I know people have been talking about, you know, the, the fourth down calls and choosing to go for it. You know, I'm kind of in the camp that the first one, I can kind of understand. You, you, wanted to, you, you wanted to score a touchdown there. It's the first one, you're down in the red zone. But um, my issue is how you tried to do it. Yeah, we're, we're a running team. It's, it's almost like the analytics are driving me nuts because it's like the analytics say they're going to expect for us to use uh, our running backs because they're so good, but we'll fool them. We'll throw the ball instead. No, you have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. Hand them the ball. They will get the yards. And, but to your point, I'm okay with them not taking the three points, but make the smart play, yeah. right? Well, and I don't even know whether it's analytics that tells you that you're going to try to roll out your quarterback, who, by the way, is your backup quarterback, not your starter, right. not the guy who who has all these magic tools at his disposal. He's the guy who's been playing well for you mm-hmm. by not pushing it and not making mistakes. And you put him in a situation where he had to make it happen and he couldn't. Um, I don't know if it's really analytics that tells you to not use your running back there. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, th- I feel like um, this is a situation with, with Kevin Stefanski where he is calling plays for the team that he wants us to be as opposed to the team we are. Um, and I think that we are seeing play calls that kind of sneak into the game that leave you scratching your head because you're just like, I just doesn't feel like the right personnel is there. It doesn't feel like this should be the call. Um, but he's making them anyways. And, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of people have talked about, is it analytics? He's, does he think he's the smartest guy in the room? Whatever. I, you know what, I would probably argue that every offensive coordinator in the NFL thinks they're the smartest guy in the room. Um, sure. that's how they get there. Um, but, but I do think there's maybe a little bit of dissonance there about whether or not, you know, you're going to call plays to the personnel that's there or what you're hoping them to become. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a moment to think about this. No worries. Well, I, th- I think the other part of that, though, Mark, is – we would be having a very different discussion if it worked. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and he hasn't changed who he is as a coach. And he had two great wins in mm-hmm. this game. They were, they, in this game, they were down 10 to nothing. 
at the end of the first quarter and came back in the second quarter and tied it up. And he then eventually got a lead. So he did a lot right in the game, you know? And that's fair. That's, that's very fair because I think, yeah, if you look at it for the majority of the time, he was giving us exactly what we wanted. We were running the ball. We were passing when we needed to, as opposed to just any time we, we saw fit to, um, you know, I, I just think that the missed calls and the miscues just came at the worst times. I, you know, there's a, there's a huge school of thought that you take the three points in that first drive because you're on the road. You get sure. a chance to score, you take the points, and you move forward. Like I said, I can understand if you, if you wanted to try to make a statement there and it just didn't work out. Um, but then, then we have the play, the, the crazy tight end reverse. Like, I don't understand that one at all. I mean, I love David Njoku. I think he's an athletic freak. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to him continuing to be involved in this offense and continuing to grow. Um, but he doesn't have those kind of wheels. Like, I don't know what yeah. we're thinking that he's going to run around the edge and it left me stymied. I'm just like, if you want to, if, if you want to call that play, why aren't you handing that ball to Anthony Schwartz? Um, that's the play that got him jump started um, in the last couple of weeks when he wasn't catching the ball, we started to hand the ball to him and get him in the game. I, I just didn't understand that one. So that was another one where I was like, I don't know what you think you have here, but um, Olympic speed out of your tight end is not what it is. It's not right. going to happen. Um, so I think you're right though. We, there's a reason why the Browns are the, the number five ranked offense. And if you want to, uh, bang your head against the wall and gnash your teeth about how Kevin Stefanski calls plays and whether he should be calling plays. You do have to take and understand that that's the same guy who's calling the plays that got you to that number five ranking. And like you mentioned, the guy who we were talking up and down last week about how great his play calling was against Pittsburgh. Um, so, you know, I think you got to take a little bit of the good with the bad, but I do think that um, Kevin Stefanski should be walking away from this one, realizing that not just the team, but he left points and plays on the field. Yeah. Uh, what, what kills you in both this loss and the Jets loss is there's an old football adage, which is every single football game comes down to five plays. You don't know what those five plays are, however, until after the game is over. Right. Right. So you look back and you go, okay, well, what, what if we would have run the ball and gotten seven points that first time down on the goal line? Or what if we would have uh, gone for three and we would have gotten, you know, what if our defense wasn't gassed in the second half and we gave up, you know, all that yardage? It, it, it's, it's the frustrating part, I think, for all of us is we keep being on the losing end of those five plays, right? Yep. Yep. And you know what? That's a great transition that you just brought up. Let's talk a little bit about this defensive line and the defense and what's going on there. I think, I think you phrased it really well. They were gassed at the end of that game. Um, we saw what a lack of depth on the defensive line is doing to the team. Um, basically, the Atlanta Falcons realized they couldn't throw the ball. So the, our secondary actually played one of the if not their best game of the year, one of yeah, their best. I agree. Um, Absolutely. They held Marcus Mariota to seven total completions. 
Um, but at the same token, Atlanta recognized that they were wearing down our defensive line. And once they realized they wore, were wearing them down, they didn't stop. They right. just kept coming and coming and coming. And I think, you know, it's frustrating for us as Browns fans because we want to see, we feel like we should be seeing that same energy when we're running the ball. So um, yep. it'll be interesting to see how they look at that. Well, the other advantage of running the ball, of course, as you know, is you burn more clock and you stay on the field sure. longer usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, which has which valuable moments where your defense isn't out there. The other thing that, that nailed us this week, this last week, was uh, the injuries. You know, Quanny was out. Um, Garrett was out. Uh, our, one of our, our starting defensive tackle, uh, Tavern Bryan, was out. Um, so then you have the guys, the, the number twos, playing as number ones. Your bench is depleted. So there's no, I mean, number one, your top guys aren't out there. But number two, by the fourth quarter, your bench is empty and exhausted. Yep, yep. And I think, I think it really showed itself. I think, you know, you, when you don't have a Miles Garrett out there, you don't, the defense, or excuse me, the offense doesn't have to triple team him. They don't have to worry right. about cut blocking him. They don't have to worry about all kinds of schemes to stop him. And I think what we saw is that there's nobody coming in, especially when you don't even have Clowney on the field. There's nobody coming in right now who's going to cause those matchup issues. So yeah, everybody's one up. One on one. Yep. And then, yeah, when you have an injury on the defensive line and then you have a lot of young guys who I, I think the Browns made a very conscious decision when they were looking at the salary cap and looking at what they wanted to do this year and what they needed to cover for next year. Um, they made a very conscious decision not to get free agent defensive line help. And they've been looking for these young guys for someone to grab hold of these roles and nobody's doing it. And so I think that's going to continue to be an issue. We're going to have to see a lot more life and a lot more energy out of these guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, 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 you hope to get lucky in the draft, right? Sure. Um, and, and unfortunately, it simply hasn't happened at that position. Um, not that it's pure luck, but there's some luck there. You know, you have, you see Pittsburgh is notorious for drafting somebody and you're like, who's that? And two years later, they're making shampoo commercials, you know? Um, right. Uh, and, and I mean, that's a real gift. And I think Andrew Barry does a very good job. I really do. Um, but, uh, but you're right. We, we, have a, we have an issue with that position, certainly in depth, and certainly in terms of starter talent, um, in terms of coming off the bench, I should say. But, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Now there were some positives. Um, you know, I do think for the most part in that game, Jacoby gave us once again, a solid game. Um, oh, not yeah. a lot of mistakes. I don't know, again, with the play calling sometimes, I, I think maybe we asked him to do a little bit more than he's normally um, doing for us. Um, you know, that last interception, um, yes, it's in just desperation mode, but I will say, I, I, I'm going to put that one a little bit on, more on him than I maybe did with the Jets game because um, it was third and 23. So it was two down territory where you were considering that you're trying to get a, into the field goal range. And there was enough time right. on the clock to pull that off. Um, so I think he really forced that ball. It was double coverage. 
So I'm sure that that's one he'd like to get back. But but in general, I think Brissett played really well. I you, you can't say enough about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right. I think that they once again, Nick Chubb showed all of his heart, all of his skill set right out there. And then, you know, I thought Kareem Hunt came back from, you know, being a little bit quiet during the Pittsburgh game, but came back and gave you a lot of quality yards and quality carries, um, which again, leaves you a little stymied is why we weren't doing that more, but um, we're talking about positives now, so we won't go back there, but yeah, I want to, I want to jump in on Brissett. I mean, if you think about it, here he is starting the second quarter down 10, nothing. And he brings you back not just to tide, but um, to be ahead. And I believe we were ahead going into the fourth quarter or certainly during the fourth quarter. I mean, so in your mind, you're going, okay, we're good here, <laughs> you know? So I, 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 he gets a ton of credit in my book. Um, I think he, he played a great game. Uh, was he trying to force the ball? Absolutely he was. Uh, but it would have been, what, his second or third comeback of the day? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I think... I think he continues to give you what you want. And so, again, the question becomes, you got to, or I guess the statement more becomes, you, you got to take him for who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and if you play to his strengths, if we play to Chubb's strengths, Hunt's strengths, the offensive line strengths, we can get somewhere. And we just need to kind of get focused in that zone. Um I did call out uh, and I said, you know, the secondary had um, what I think was probably their best game. Um, yes, in the in in those two drives that they gave up at the end, it was maddening to see them kind of collapse at the end. Um, and of course, the the blown coverage that then Ward tried to recover from and instead gave up a face mask penalty. That was brutal. Um, but at the same token, um, Denzel Ward comes out of that game with kind of his highest um, ranking, his highest position, positional ranking for the week, um, and actually came away with an interception during the game and really played some very solid balls. So I think we're going to have to just see how those schemes play out. I know it's really um, trendy right now to be calling for Joe Wood's head, um, but I'm still... I'm still confused about whether or not what we're seeing is a schematic problem, um, a between the ears problem, skill set. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I just, I just want it fixed. Yeah, me too. I agree. The secondary looks great and they're playing better and better. It didn't help the fact that both Garrett and I think anytime we have both Garrett and Clowney out, we're weak. I just do. Give me, give me at least give me one or the other because both of them, to your point earlier, demand attention. They 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 have to double team. They they have to focus on defending against them, right? Absolutely. When they're trying to on the offense. It, it, um. So and I think that's the biggest thing uh, for me. And I, yeah, I'm not ready to. I mean, I'm not blaming the coach. Not at this point, but time will tell. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're frustrated. I think that um, we're seeing a team that should be 4-0 that is 2-2. And And you had the opportunity to be undefeated at the top of your division, and instead you're kind of hanging around with everybody else. Um, Going into 
a rough part of the schedule. Right, right. Going into some more games and 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 some more names and some more skill players that uh, should give us a run for our money. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit. You know, let's let's get uh, get our mind right, shake it out. Let's move right. move from last week um, from us, and let's talk a little bit quickly about some of the other big headlines in the NFL for week four. And, and I think the biggest one and the biggest silver lining is that we are still in a three-way tie for first place in our division. Right. Um, you know, With the division we, win. Yeah. I mean, we, we're the only, um, yeah, we have that division win. And the only team that won this past week uh, was Cincinnati. Um, right. Because and so everybody else had a tough go of it. And, and really, uh, you know, I was looking at it today, you know, there's 15 teams in the NFL right now that are 500. So there's 15 teams right where the Browns are. And there's an additional nine teams who are below 500. So you got 24 teams that are hanging out in this mediocre to bad world, um, which really begs the question whether we're seeing a lot of parity, whether, um, you know, for our division, is the AFC North overrated? Um, you know, what, what is really coming out of this? Well, to your point, that's two-thirds of the teams in the league you just mentioned, <laughs> you know? It's um, a huge amount. Yeah, I think, I think Cincinnati's woken up. Uh, the Ravens have a great offense, great quarterback. Their defense is lackluster. Now, granted, they lost 20 to 23 to the, to the Bills who are, in many people's minds, the odds-on favorite to definitely get back to the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, P- Pittsburgh has uh, doesn't know who its quarterback is. Well, I guess they're going with the rookie now, but it doesn't look pretty. I think he had three interceptions on Sunday. Uh, Cincinnati, they did win 27-15 um, after Tua went out with his concussion, right. which, which was heartbreaking to see. Oh, um, that was um, – yeah, so – so on the one hand, yes, uh, the question is, is Cincinnati getting better or did they benefit um, right. from what was really an incredibly devastating injury on multiple fronts? I think one, I don't know, I've, I've watched football, I've played football, um, I've had concussions. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a reaction to a, cu- a concussion like that. And no. it had to be demoralizing to that team. Um, one... I mean, it was so shocking in the moment. And then, two, they're spending their, their time. They're, they're without their captain. They're without their starting quarterback in a way that, that looks incredibly serious. And thankfully, um, you know, he was able to get all of the motor movement by the time, uh, by the end of that game. Um, he's still in concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, but it was, it was devastating to see. And yeah, you can kind of understand that, um, Miami probably didn't have a lot of juice from that point on. So for, in terms of our division, in terms of what we're looking at, the question really is, um, did Cincinnati get better or did they benefit from that? So I think only time will tell with that. You mentioned, um, Baltimore, um, you know, wow, I, I feel like Baltimore has so many weapons on offense and they're just not putting it together right now. Um, yeah. So that defense that they hang their hats on usually comes through from them and just 
hasn't been. But like you said, I think it is a little bit deceiving because they did play the Bills this week. They held them to 23 points. That's an explosive offense in its own right, um, which, by the way, is two and two. Um, right. <laughs> so so there is, there's just a lot going on right now. Um, and then, yeah, the last one, Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh being taking that loss. Um, it's really weird to watch Pittsburgh have quarterback issues that we're used to having every other year. Oh, yeah. um, so um, I don't know. I always thought, you know, and I think maybe even you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. You know, I thought Pittsburgh did the right thing, starting with Mitch Trubisky, um, because it's always easier to bench him and go to the rookie than it is to start the rookie and then yep. bench the rookie. We did. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I'm still, I've never been a, a very big believer in Kenny Pickett, but um, he's going to get his opportunity to prove us wrong. And just like us, all three of those teams are going to start facing some tougher competition coming through. So we'll see how that continues to play out. And I think really, again, the, the other big headline is just the fact it, it seems like there's an amazing amount of parity across the league. So we're going to have to see, is this a situation where we're still seeing teams shake off the rust from preseason games? Um, is this schedule making? Is it, you know, just a tougher league? Um, but right now the, you know, the, um, the princess at the ball is, um, is Philadelphia. So we'll see how that holds and whether they're able to keep it up going forward. Yeah. Time will tell. I, I'm, there's a lot, there's a lot of, I mean, we've got 17 games this year and we're four in. So we'll, we will see. I mean, some teams will get better. Some will get worse. Some will get healthier. Some will get more broken. Uh, some coaches will probably be fired in four weeks, <laughs> you know, right. who knows. Uh, but uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, who, who would have guessed it? Um, you know, nobody, to your point, pretty much nobody's really running away with it other than Philly. And is that because of who they've played so far? I don't know. You know, because we don't really have a good flavor for who the real contenders are at this point. Right. No, I agree. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get down the road too much and we start to turn the tables here uh, and start to talk about the game that's upcoming, we got a huge matchup here with the Los Angeles Chargers coming into town. Um, I want to make sure that we take a break here and we get cool. some information um, from our sponsor, uh, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and more. So let's, let's hear from them. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. 
The solutions they provide are not the cookie-cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom-quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CB's has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that will spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology. Well, we've spent some time here. We talked about the loss in Atlanta, and we spent some time just looking at the NFL in general. But it is time to get our sights focused on this Sunday, Los Angeles Chargers coming into town. Um, This is uh, a matchup that, um, in general, when you glance at it, Looks like a very tough matchup for the Browns, but there's also some very interesting stats um, comparing these two teams. Yeah, for starters, they're both two and two. <laughs> you know, they're not setting the world on fire either. Let's see here. They have been, they have lost to Kansas City and Jacksonville of all teams. They beat Houston and they beat Las Vegas. So, right. as we were talking about earlier with the parody, what does two and two mean to this team? Probably the same thing it means to us. <laughs> Um, so it's, but it's going to be interesting. The other thing I'm curious about is Justin Herbert got his ribs cracked really bad. Not, I'm not sure they were cracked, but they were injured. There's nothing else bruised a couple weeks back. I don't think he's hundred percent back from that. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, he's, so they, they released their most recent injury report and he is a full participant practicing, but, but then again, you know, what do you, what are you going to say? Um, I think that's a tough, that's a tough injury for a quarterback to have because as the coach, you know, you want him to fully participate, but you want him to be careful and you don't want it listed that he's a limited participant because you don't want to put a red target on his ribs. So it's, it's a tough situation for them. So we'll see how that goes. You know, the one thing that I kind of noticed as I'm, as I'm looking through is, you know, a lot of people talk about being concerned about Justin Herbert, the offense, his arm. Can we stop them? Can can we do anything? Um, you know, the Chargers are the number seven ranked offense. Mm-hmm. Um, we're ranked number five. I think the big difference between the two offenses is the idea that the Chargers are living on Justin Herbert's arm, whereas we're living w- with Nick Chubb's legs. Um, and so very different 
um, philosophies and very different things that are happening right now. The Chargers are only um, rushing for just about 65 yards per game. Wow. Um, so they are 32nd in the league. Um, and they are giving up over 200 yards in rushing over the last two weeks. Um, wow. They are having a difficult time stopping the run. So I think we're seeing a potential here where our strengths on offense match up with the weaknesses of the Chargers on defense. So hopefully we have shaken out the cobwebs and we remember who we are and we start focusing on this running game, plowing it through, possessing the ball, you know, keeping that clock running and maybe go ahead and pull one out here um, against the Chargers. Well, especially with Bosa, with Joey Bosa out. Right. Um, Joey Bosa, yeah. I mean, Joey Bosa is their Miles Garrett, you know? Absolutely. Um, he's out. Their D is, has had a slew of injuries, not that ours does not. Um, their top corner, J.C. Jackson, has been missed a bunch of games. Several, Not a bunch of games, but several games. So, realistically, our, our run, if we can stick to the run, we probably can, number one, score. Number two, wear them out. Uh, and the other upside to your point, I think it's a very good point, is the fact that they are depending on uh, Justin Herbert's arm. Well, that's going to be so much fun to watch that arm go against our corners who have been right. playing really well. Well, so, and, and yeah, if, if we can maintain that momentum, you know, and, and actually see a continued cleanup in the secondary, I mean, if we really are looking at it, it's, it's one big bad play. Um, compounded by a bad penalty. And so if we can clean that up, it was a very, very strong game against Atlanta in that secondary. So if you can take that same energy with the Chargers, um, they're likely going to be without Keenan Allen again. He's still um, nursing a hamstring. He didn't participate in practice um, here on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out by game time. Um, but you have there there is a potential here. I think I think one of the things that you're going to be watching is how we take care of Austin Eckler. Um, so yeah. Austin Eckler's again, it seems like every week we have the same theme that there is a running back posing a different type of of threat um, to our defense. And now with Eckler, you know, last year showed showed the ability to carry the ball. But obviously, they're not having a lot of luck carrying the ball. So his big, um, his big strength and and how he turns into a weapon for them is in the passing game. Um, and so how we cover him, how we're able to um, rotate over, make sure that we're not getting beat underneath, um, mm -hmm. is going to probably be a big key for our defense as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other key is you know who do we get back. It's been out. Um, you know, do we get? Hopefully, we get uh, Miles Garrett back. I believe he practiced today. He did. Uh, he did. Uh, where there's a chance we might even get Greedy Williams back. Uh, well, he practiced as well. He okay. practiced, but you know, there was a lot of, um, I guess, couching type um, conversation and comments from Kevin Stefanski about that. I think they. They're excited to get him back on the field, but they, you know, you know, Greedy has shown himself to be pretty fragile. So yeah, yeah. I think 
you know, with a hamstring soft tissue injury. Um, I think they would love to have him back, but I don't think they're going to be any rush with him either. Right. And I, and Brian was back too, I believe. Right. Yes. Brian did practice. Um, probably the biggest name that did not, that was injury based was um, Clowney did not practice, but it remains to be seen whether that is lingering effects of his injury or that is the continued um, rest given to him as he's been gone through preseason and gone through games. So I don't know if that's just a, a, a veteran right. rest thing or if he's still feeling the, the effects. I know Joel Batonio, um, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku were all um, players who were deemed to be resting and did not practice today. Um, Harrison Bryant was actually ill. Um, and in an interesting related transaction, we actually signed um, Pharaoh Brown, uh, a hmm. tight end who spent some time with us over the last few years. Um, we signed him to our active roster. Um, so uh, I'm wondering in the back of my mind whether we have a situation where um, this illness that Bryant has might linger or might be something that's going on that they needed a little extra um, blocking potential um, to come in to help spell, I, uh, you know, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Yeah. S speaking of signing and, and odd things, what do you make of the Richard LeCount getting cut and then coming back thing? Well, you know what? I, I, I think that this was a message. I, I think that um, the Browns wanted to send a message to the secondary that you know, even though there might have been a good game, that there needs to be better games, um, that this stuff needs to get tied out. Because I don't know that LeCount was necessarily um, a huge problem in either of the games. I know he had an untimely penalty um, during the Atlanta game, but no more un untimely than Ward yanking on a no face. Right. So, so I think... Um, I just feel like you, if you want to send a message to a position group and you want to cut somebody, last guy in is probably an easy way to go. Um, mm -hmm. So you cut him, you let him out there, um, and then when he didn't get picked up, brought him back on your practice squad. So, you know, he lost some money out of it. We'll see how that goes coming back. Um, but, you know, it there is um, – there's a lot to be seen for that. And now, now of course, uh, he was the first Andrew Barry drafted player to, to get ever cut, be waived, right? but now he's back again. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that Andrew Barry believes in the, in his personnel department and the picks that they make. Um, but, but I think this was more a message to everybody else. I think it was. And, hey, to, and to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's shown flashes, right? he, very, right. very inconsistent, but he's shown flashes of being a ball hawk and being able to really help out. Um, you know, I would love to see more out of him in the safety position, but to be honest, I'm more concerned about what I see out of Delpit and um, John Johnson. So, yep. you know, I want my starters to start showing up before I worry too much about the, the third, fourth, fifth safety on the team. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it should be interesting. I just I, I thought it was funny that well, they cut him. And maybe they wanted to cut him maybe because he thought he was all that, you know? Okay. 
We'll cut you. Let's see who picks you up. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know what's going on in the locker room. Um, Right. You know, I think uh, probably my final key to this game is going to be the play of the linebacking core. Um, And can they rebound from a game where not only did the defensive line get pushed around, but, you know, the linebackers really weren't able to show um, very well in that game. And I think you saw some, um, some flaws in um, the additional players out on the field, the new guys filling in, Um, you know, the loss of Anthony Walker is bigger than a lot of people might realize. I mean, he was not only um, a, uh, a presence tackling, moving through the ball, helping spy on those running backs. Um, but he was a big piece of veteran leadership that was happening in that room. Um, I love um, JOK. I think he's a star in the making, but, you know, he's always going to play better with someone like Walker next to him. So I, I think that our linebacking core, we need them to step up because um, in this game, it's probably going to be more about how we're covering tight ends, how we're covering running backs out of the backfield in that passing game. But as we continue to plow through these remaining games here, like you said, we're getting into a stretch of very tough opponents. We're going to have to get back to stopping people at the line of scrimmage and, and locking down a running game. I think one of the primary keys of this whole game is our defense getting after Justin Herbert. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that with the combination of our defense getting after him and he, and if he comes out wearing a flak jacket, you know, the ribs aren't good. Right. Um, I mean, if we can get after him and on top of that, be smart and beat down what defense they have left with our running backs, this could be a game we put away early and actually close out for once. Um, but yeah. the question is if we choose to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to wait and see. Well, we've kind of given our thoughts on the matchup and some keys that we see for the game, but before we finish out here and kind of give our picks for the week and where we see this going, um, it's time to bring in our resident gambling authority, um, <laughs> our pick specialist, Gary Marr, who is calling in once again to give us the picks for the week. Hey, Gary, how are you? You ready to do this? I hope so, Mark. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we've been doing here. Picks been going going back and forth, but, uh, but I think I'm ready. Done, done some uh, little bit of analysis here and feel good about the picks this week. All right. Well, you probably feel a lot better than I do. I once again had a really bad week, but we'll figure it out, hopefully, or at least it's good that we're not putting money on this. So let's uh, let's go ahead. What do you have for our first game of the week? First game, we've got the Steelers at the Bills. So it's a home game for the Bills, and they are favored by 14 points, uh, which is a crazy spread there. I think when we look at that game, uh, you know, you've got a couple of keys there. Pittsburgh going to be starting with Kenny Pickett for the first time. It's also his first time where he's actually had a week of practice so that uh, – He's had time now to get used to the, the first-team offense, so get a good look at him this week, I think. Uh, but they're also allowing, I think, Pittsburgh's allowing 383 yards per game, so giving up a lot of yardage. Uh, and then you're facing the Bills, which have that potent offense, and they're at home. All of that said, 
I just can't uh, can't see 14 points. It's just too big a spread. So I'm going to go with the Steelers and the points. I don't think there's any way the Steelers win this game, but I, I do think they're going to be closer than 14 points. Okay, well, yeah, I, I kind of reviewed the game the same way you did, and I looked at the different pieces. Um, now, the one thing I kind of took into this as well was I started to look at how we played against Pittsburgh and how Pittsburgh played against us, and then mm-hmm. whether or not I really felt like the Browns were on the level of the bills. Um, I think the answer to that is no, we're not there yet. Um, And considering that we almost won by 14 points against them, I am actually, I'm going to risk it on this. I normally, I would agree with you if I was truly betting on this game, 14 points is way too much to give, but since we're doing this for fun, I'm taking Buffalo and I'm going to give the 14 and I'm going to see what happens. All right, and the uh, the coin agrees with you. It's going to go with Bills uh, the minus 14 as well. Uh, what do we have for game number two? Game number two is the Bengals at the Ravens. So kind of an interdivision game here. Uh, this one's one of the tougher ones, I think, this week as far as the call goes. The Ravens are uh, minus three points. Uh, so in essence, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. That's a, that's your home, you know, home spread type thing. Um Question there for Cincy is, you know, has has their offensive line figured out? Sure looked like it last week. They looked a lot better offensively than they had been. Uh, They have the long week to plan, too. They played the Thursday game, uh, so they've had extra time to kind of plan for this game. Um, Ravens, you know, they've had a couple of defensive collapses, so you've got to take a look at that, see if their defense is up to the game. And then Lamar Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's the last couple of times that they've played the, uh, the Bengals, he's been held in check. So they seem to kind of have his number, and the question is, can they can they continue to hold him? So with all that that factored in, I'm going to go with the, the Bengals. I just I do think that they've uh, they've played the Ravens really really well. I expect that they will again this game, and so I'm going to you know take the three points in the Bengals. Okay, um, well I'm going to be contradictory on this one as well. I think that. You know, you make a lot of valid points about what's happening and and the matchups before. I'm going to take into consideration that I think last week um, was really an embarrassment for Baltimore. How that game ended, how they called that. I think they're coming into this game with a chip on their shoulder um, and the home game crowd. Um, I'm not sure yet whether I believe that Cincinnati has truly figured it out. I think that you have to kind of look at their win last week um, under the the microscope of the injury that happened to Tua um, and how that may have affected Miami from a game plan standpoint, but also too, when you see something like that, how it affects the team in general. So I, I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. I have a feeling that uh, they figure this one out. Okay. Uh, well, on this particular one, the coin agrees with me. So it's, it's going with the Bengals. All right. Well, what do we have here? Uh, game number three, what are you looking at? Game number three, we got the Raiders and the Chiefs. So that's the uh, big Monday night game. Um, that's an interesting matchup as well as the Chiefs are, are minus seven and a half points. So the heavy favorites coming into it, they're home for the Chiefs. So that's a that's a good thing. Uh, the Raiders, you know, their defense could not uh, stop Casey last year uh, at all. Uh, they've got McDaniel still, I think, trying to figure it out and, you know, they got their first win, but, um, you know, a team still has not looked crisp at all. 
uh, Chiefs, actually, the, the thing about the Chiefs that's interesting is they're surprisingly not that dominant at home. I think their record under Mahomes is like, you know, 50-50 at home, which is which is interesting to me. But they still have Patrick Mahomes. And I just think they're too much for the Raiders. Um, even though it's, it's a decent amount of points, I think seven and a half is doable. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Okay, this one I am going to agree with you on. I think I think the other thing to take into consideration too is while the the Raiders won last week, they also did it with a running game that they haven't been utilizing. So the the question will be: Are they going to be able to continue that going forward? Um, also, too, they have Hunter Renfro out with the concussion, um, which takes another weapon away. Um, which basically leaves KC focused on stopping Josh Jacobs and focused on. Um, stopping um, Devonte Adams. So can they lock down two people? Um, I'm kind of thinking they can. So I'm going to go with you as well. I'm going to go with KC. Maybe we'll see another uh, crazy jump pass from Patrick Mahomes this week. That would be awesome because that was fun to watch last week for sure. <laughs> yes. The coin is actually going to go against both of, both of us. It's going to go with the Raiders. Okay, well, I know we usually do like, you know, five, sometimes even six games, but, you know, the way the schedule plays out this week with the AFC North playing each other and and some of the night games, we really only have one more game that we're really going to deal with that's uh, important to us. So let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about the Chargers versus the Browns. Yeah, Chargers at at the Browns, home game for the Browns, and we're getting two and a half points. Uh, so, So there's that. Um, the Browns, um, you know, the big question for the Browns is the, the rushing defense. You know, the Chargers ran it pretty effectively last week. Um, the Browns did not stop the run at all last week. Now, the, a lot of it's going to depend on the health of that defensive line, and I don't, I don't think we know yet exactly how healthy their line is going to be. So uh, that's the big question mark, I think, going into this game is, is will we be able to stop the run? Because if we're not, and they're smart, they're just going to keep running it. Uh, the Chargers defense also is pretty dominant. Uh, you know, they've got five interceptions, 10 sacks uh, coming into this game. So that's going to be a little bit uh, tough for us as well. All that said, you know, the, we've got our own good rushing attack. I think we can we can run pretty well on the Chargers. They have not been effective at start stopping the run. Um, so I'm going to take the Browns and the, the two and a half points to, to win this one. Okay, I'm, I'm also going to take the points and take Cleveland. You know, you mentioned um, the... Chargers running game. Now, I know they did run the ball pretty well last week, but they are also only averaging about 65 yards a game, which puts them ranked number 32 in the NFL. So they've been relying very heavily on Justin Herbert. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to rely on someone, that's a good arm to to be looking at. But um, the other thing, too, is I'm thinking with that defense, we also have Joey Bosa out. Um, who is now on IR, and I think that might affect um, them a lot like not having Miles Garrett affected us um, this past game. So I'm looking for us. I think it's still going to be a close game because I feel like on paper these teams are a little bit closer than you think, but I am thinking that it's probably going to be within the seven-point range, so I might as well take that extra two and a half if you're going to give it to me. So I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland. Yeah, I, either way, I think we're going to for a good game this week, and it'll be nice to see the Browns back on the win side. The Coins agreeing with both of us this time, too. It's going with the Browns as well. Well, there you go. It's always nice when we're clean across the board for the home team, win or lose. Yep. Well, hey, Gary, I know um, it took some time out. We're able to dial in and, and help us out here. We really appreciate it. 
Um, as always, everybody, hope you enjoy uh, this segment. An update on how we're doing. Uh, right now, Gary leads the pack with a record of 10 and 13. He was able to pull down a 500 record last week in some crazy games, which was cool. The coin comes in at 9 and 14, so did not quite do as well as Gary did, but is right behind him. And then uh, my strategy of kind of bucking the trend all over the place really didn't help. Um, I took just one out of the six games last week, so I come in at a pretty pathetic 6 and 17. So hopefully I figure out how to do this. But in the meantime, Gary, thanks again for uh, calling in, spending some time with us, and we will look forward to talking to you in the future. Hey, thanks again for including me on the show, Mark. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how our picks come out, but this, it's a lot of fun. All right. Take it easy, Gary. Take care. All right. Well, thanks again, Gary, for joining us for those picks. Uh, gosh, I hope I get better at this sometime. I, I, I don't even know. I don't know how professional gambling out there, right? The, the, right. It seems like in the first four weeks, like nobody's really playing or beating the spread the way they normally do. Um, right. Everybody's beating it for that, for a better term. So um, I felt like some of the games this past week, it started to play out the way you expect, but I, I just don't understand how people do it. I'd, I'd lose my mind if I was constantly actually. I, I would as well. You're not alone. <laughs> all right well so we've we've talked about this enough and you've heard a little bit of a teaser in um gary and my uh our picks so i'm gonna go to you chris what right. are you seeing for this matchup who do you got and and what do you see happening okay well first i have to make a plea to one coach kevin stefanski coach please don't be cute don't be clever. Just be smart with your play calling. Mm -hmm. Run the ball. And if so, this might be the first definitive win of, of the year. And we might put them away early. I think we're going to win this thing. Cleveland Browns 28, the uh, Chargers 17. 28 to 17. All right. Um, well, I'm looking at this. Um, I think I am also kind of in the same camp you are, though. I, I feel like this is within our grasp. Um, and I feel like we really, um, if we stick to who we are and we really start to play on those strengths, that I, I feel good about the matchup of our running game against the Chargers defensive front. So, mm -hmm. however, I also do think that there are a lot of little pieces that need to go into play. So I need to see a continued um, presence from David Njoku. He needs to shake off, you know, some of his unfortunate errors, Um in Atlanta and be ready to go here. I also, I want to see some more out of Amari Cooper. I'm kind of hoping um, you mentioned some of the injuries that are happening in the secondary, even for the chargers. I'd like to see Amari Cooper take advantage of some of that. And we see a little, go back to some of those open route runs that we saw. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like this is going to be a very possession focused game. And because of that, I think there's going to be less opportunities to score. So I'm looking at this one. I think I'm going to go uh, Browns 24, Chargers 20. Um, All right. So I, I do. I'm with you. I see a win. I see the possibility for one. And we just got to get out of our own way. Just get out yeah. of our own way um, and, and just do the right things there. Um, so 
Um, hopefully we start to see come out of this. We get to be, you know, all these teams that are two and two, you know, most of them are playing each other this week. So this is the opportunity to get on the right side of that 500 conversation. So um, no time like the present to do that. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chris, I want to I want to thank you again for joining me this week. Um, Always a pleasure. Thank you. Hopefully we uh, are bringing in another win here with you coming on the microphone. Um, I don't know how Sean will feel about that, um, but um, we'll we'll work it out somehow. Um, we'll figure it sure. out. Maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe we'll just get you both in here and we'll we'll let the chips fall where they may. But <laughs> but I really appreciate you coming in, taking some time with us. I want to thank uh, Gary again for calling in and helping us through our picks and um, everybody who helps us get the podcast ready every week. I really appreciate it. Most of all, I want to thank all of you who are out there who are taking the time to listen to us a little bit, uh, you know, spending your time with a couple of idiots every week, um, <laughs> listening to us complain about the Browns and talk about our favorite team. We love having you out there. Um, tell your friends. We are available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or you can check us out on our website, uh, www.cardiology, that's with a K, cardiology, cle.com. Feel free to check that out. Tell your friends. They can, they can listen to the episodes on the website or in their favorite audio players. But also, too, there's space out there on the website to give us some feedback. If you've got some things you'd like us to stop doing, or things that you would like to see us do more of, we'd always love to hear that you're out there, that you're enjoying the show, and hear what you would like to um, have us do and have us work towards. So again, thank you, Chris. Thanks, thank you. thanks for spending the time. Um, and for all of you out there, let's shake off the last mm -hmm. of this Atlanta hangover. Let's get back our positive energy. Let's get ready to roll. We got a game. It's a home game. Let's get first energy rocking. Let's get it moving and let's pull this upset. Let's get the chargers and have another win going in to the beginning of this season. So for Chris, for, for everybody else who's helping me and all of you out there, go Browns. Go Browns.